We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back, Chargers fans, to the Guilty as Charged podcast. This is Tyler, and today we are talking about your mock drafts, those that you submitted on Twitter. We're going to talk about the players you selected, where you selected them, and maybe the value there, any trades if there were any. And at the end, we'll give a grade. Uh, If we like your pod, or not your podcast, what am I saying? If we like your draft, it's probably because it was creative, or you got some good value, or you just picked a player that we liked. And uh, if we didn't like it, you only have yourself to blame. Joining me, as always, are Jason and Steven. Guys, how are you doing today? I'm great. Four. I, apparently, I don't need to mess you up because you'll mess yourself up, and that's a great thing for me. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Thanks for sending in your podcast, guys. We really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Jason, how was your Easter? We had Easter? <laughs> when was that? <laughs> oh, like a month ago. Gosh. Steven, how are you? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm doing great, man. It's been a, been a good day. Watched a lot of film. Jason discovered a fullback. Well, yeah. Got to watch the film on the fullback who apparently looks like uh, Mike Tolbert. So it's been a good day. Nice. And uh, before we get into your mock drafts, though, we do have an interview that Steven had with Utah linebacker Francis Bernard. Let's take a listen to that. All right, Chargers fans, we were really excited to be here today. Uh, Really happy to be joined by linebacker Francis Bernard from my alma mater, University of Utah. How are you doing today, Francis? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Really happy to have you on. Uh, First of all, I know you are a relatively new father. How are you and your family doing uh, with the coronavirus and and all this kind of craziness that's going on? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, You know, my son has respiratory problems. And so just from the time he's been born and 
before he we were able to bring him home, we've been super careful with, you know, you know, germs and who we allow to see him and stuff. And so adjusting to, you know, washing your hands and stuff hasn't been a whole adjustment for us. We've just it's always been our regular, but the only thing that's been different is, you know, staying indoors. But I think we're doing a pretty good job of like doing our own home workouts and you know, making sure my son can get all his energy out in our house. But so overall, it hasn't been too bad for us. So are you training in Utah or are you training somewhere else right now? Yeah, so I'm back in Utah. I was training at uh, Carlsbad, California for the combine and for uh, the senior bowl. But uh, as soon as, you know, this whole outbreak got out, uh, our facility got shut down. So me and my family decided to drive back and now I'm back here. I've been back for about three weeks. Gotcha, gotcha. That that makes sense. Uh, so selfishly, I do want to ask you about uh, this last season at the University of Utah. Um, really, the best season for the school since two thousand eight. Uh, just kind of walk us through, like, what was that season like? And you guys got really close to accomplishing your goals as far as making the playoff, and just kind of what was last season like for you guys? Man, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, probably my funnest season in college football, just because there were so many people who just bought into what. Coach Whittingham and Coach Scally and Coach Ludwig, what they had, you know, told us to do. And, you know, it was, it's fun when, you know, you have 22, you know, 30 guys who buy in just because then the game just becomes so much easier. You don't have to worry about anyone else not doing their job. Everyone does their job, and then you can just go out and play your game. So that's what, you know, this season it, uh, was all about. And, you know, we were able to accomplish a lot. But, you know, I think in, in the near future, they'll be able to take the next step and, you know, be a contender year in, year out for the playoffs and hopefully a national championship soon. Yeah, I mean, obviously I hope for that too. Um, so Kyle Whittingham, head coach of the Utes, he played linebacker in college. And then you have Morgan Scally, uh, who played safety in college. What were you? What kind of things are you being able to take from them as it pertains to you transitioning to the NFL? So for Coach Whittingham, it's, uh, you know, he's all about having tough, smart guys. And he takes pride in being a linebacker. And so – I was able to learn a little bit from him. One uh, last year when Coach Anna and Coach Anderson left for Utah State, he was actually our position coach throughout the whole bowl game prep. And so, just seeing how he goes about, you know, handling uh, his business, I was I was privileged to see that, you know, he's super serious when it comes to the linebacker position. And so, you know, he wants us to be physical dudes, but also smart dudes. And so, uh, that's one thing that he instilled in us. You know, guys like Cody Barton, Chase Hansen, and then me and Devin Lloyd this last season, uh, guys like Coach Scally, I really, and my position coach, Coach Swan, I was able to get, you know, a lot of football knowledge from them, learning, you know, a lot of lots of tendencies from the offenses and defenses too, just, you know, being able to put our guys in, you know, uh, situations to, to succeed. And a lot of that filtered through the, the Mac linebacker, which I played. And so I was able to make some adjustments because, you know, I gained their trust and stuff from learning the defense and stuff. And so, you know, those are really the two the two aspects, being smart and then being tough. Yeah, that's definitely something that you can tell. Just in general, like if you watch University of Utah football, you can kind of tell it's just tough and smart football. Um, that's really kind of how they have made a name for themselves. So you did start out your college career as a running back. Do you feel like that experience helps you as a linebacker too? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, on the running back side of things, you know, you understand – pullers and you know zone blocks and where you're supposed to cut back and stuff and then route running and so when I transitioned to linebacker whenever I'd see a running back line up and you know either over the tackle or over the guard I knew that 
all right, he's probably going to run this way. And so I was able to just anticipate things faster. And then, you know, now being a third-year linebacker, now it's just I'm able to pick up things so much faster now that, you know, I'm able to add add on to playing linebacker, running back. Yeah, that's really interesting because I feel like watching you, I mean, obviously you're very well-rounded, but I think you really do a great job in pass coverage and kind of just diagnosing plays. Uh, Do you feel like you are a strong uh, pass coverage linebacker too? Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of my – my best parts of my games, you know, you go back and watch my film. There's, it's very sel- seldom that I'll get beat, you know, out in coverage or, you know, you'll have a slot receiver wrap me or whatever. Like that's just, it doesn't happen in, in my film. Um, and if it does, you know, it happens from a very special player. But that's something that I take pride in and something that I try to, you know, flourish and something I've tried to establish myself throughout my whole college career. And I feel like I have. I totally agree with you. Uh, so you've had a very busy off season. You know, you went to the Senior Bowl, you went to the Combine, you know, you weren't able to have a pro day, but you did those two things. And what were those experiences like for you? Man, they were, they were great. Uh, great, stressful, and, you know, tiring, <laughs> all those things, and bundled up in one one little, uh, one category. But uh, they, overall, it was a great experience for me. You know, the Senior Bowl was awesome because I was able to go in and show, you know, my football smarts and my athletic ability on the field. And it was awesome to meet with all, you know, the 32 teams while I was there, too, and kind of help me prep for the combine. The combine was more so, um, you know, they wanted to see if I was medically cleared to play the game of football. And and then, again, I was able to meet with all the teams and stuff. And then, you know, obviously they wanted to see you run and stuff. But I think more importantly, the things at the combine was to see, one, if you're medically cleared, and then, two, how you act under pressure, uh, whether it's the testing, the field testing or all the other testing, but overall it was good. And I've had, I've had great experiences from both. Yeah. I think from the outside looking in, so many people make such a big deal about, you know, the interview process that happens at the senior bowl and at the combine. Was there kind of something that you were able to learn from those experiences, from those interviews and say, you know what? Okay. I need to take this in. I need to work on this thing on my game, or I need to prove the other people that I can do this. Was there kind of something that you could pinpoint there? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so, you know, after talking to teams and stuff, they kept, they would pinpoint weaknesses that I have. And I, I agree with them 100%. You know, um, I feel like for me, and I, I knew that going into the senior bowl and the combine that one of the, the thing, biggest parts of my game that I need to get better at is just being more consistent with uh, striking with my hands. Just with our defense, we were just taught to really shoot our gaps. And so I got into a bad habit towards the end of the season, just ducking my shoulder and trying to rip through linemen. But and then, you know, that ultimately that cost me. And so, uh, you know, going to the next level, I can't do that. I got to make sure I, I stay alive at all times because the linebackers are almost the last line of, line of defense. But, but yeah, that must that must have been a really cool experience because it's like you know when someone else point pinpoints your weaknesses in any aspect, I feel like that's almost a better way for you to learn and get better as a person or a, a football player in this case. Oh, absolutely. You know, especially when it comes from uh, the top of the top guys, the NFL guys. It was just. You know, I I thought I knew what my weaknesses were, and so it was just cool to see that they confirmed it. And then now, you know, I'm just over here, crap, you know, working on my craft and making sure I go into camp uh, ready to roll with, with you know, little to no, no weaknesses at all. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really interesting. Um, so as far as maybe like a favorite moment that you had uh, this past season, you know, maybe like one of your favorite games, could you t- uh, speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I'd say favorite moment was definitely the pick six versus BYU. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing more satisfying than you know going to Lova Edwards the last time and playing against that team down south. You know, 
the last time and, you know, just ending it that way. I had a terrific game, was named <clears throat> the Pac-12 Player of the Week and just had a wonderful game that game. But that was my favorite moment. I think my favorite game was definitely Washington State because I remember my junior year, we went there and we were winning. And then, you know, Minshew Magic happened and he was able to bring his team back and beat us. And so it was really nice to just, uh, one, ultimately we stopped him, I think, to under 300 yards total. And I think they only had like 10 points on the board. And so we just literally just our defense is what took over that game and we completely crushed them. And so that was my favorite game by far this season. Very cool. And just like from an outsider's perspective, that BYU game, I feel like that must have been so liberating for you. Uh, having gone to BYU and just kind of being able to have such a good game against them. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Uh, nothing, uh, I don't think anything kind of tops that. You know, the only thing I probably could have topped that was winning the Pac-12 championship and then winning a national championship could have topped that for sure. But, you know, if there was anything that felt close to that, I'm sure it was definitely, you know, going out that game and performing the way I had performed. As far as this offseason goes, you know, you mentioned kind of something that you're already looking to improve upon. You know, we've kind of talked about the interview process. Has there been a team or a person that you were have been able to interact with as far as an interview process goes that kind of just gave you some good vibes that made you kind of feel like, okay, I could go to see myself in this situation on this team? Yeah, so honestly, the Bengals have been kind of the team that's reached out to me the most when I was at the senior bowl and then really when I was at the combine is when like I've talked to them multiple times. The only time I didn't talk to them was in like a formal setting, but like literally if I was just standing around like, or, you know, there'd be a group of linebackers, coach uh, Golden and I forgot the other coach's name, but they would literally come grab me all the time and we'd sit down and chat all the time. And they would tell me how much they liked me and stuff. Same with the Raiders, but really I could probably see myself landing at the, at the Bengals or the Raiders at some point in the draft, um, probably dates, late day two, early day day three. But uh, there's there's been a lot of other contacts I've had after the combine too. It's just, you just really don't know. But, you know, if I were to pinpoint myself, I'd probably say those two teams, the Bengals or the Raiders. Well, that's interesting because that really kind of speaks to your performance at the Senior Bowl and what you were able to do there since the Bengals coaching staff obviously was in charge of that, uh, that week for you guys. Yeah, no, for sure. And the crazy thing was is I remember talking to Coach Golden at the combine. He was like, because they didn't, he didn't coach me. The Lions coached me, and they really loved me. And so when we went in to do an interview process, I was like a group of linebackers at the at the Senior Bowl. Like I walked into the meeting room a little bit late because I had to talk to the Lions uh, linebackers coach um, for something. And then I walked in late, and I just kind of took over the room again. You know, Coach Golding was asking answers. No one was really talking. I just stepped up and started talking about defense right away. And so that's really what sold sold them on me was that you know my ability to lead and my ability to just take over uh, whenever. And so they really love that about me. Yeah, I totally see that for sure. Uh, so I'll kind of get you out on here on this last question. Um, you know, obviously it's a little different situation since you have a child, but how are you passing the time right now? You know, if you could give the fans some listeners, uh, maybe some Netflix series or kind of some suggestions of how they can pass the time as well. Yeah. I mean, I for sure. <laughs> I think everyone's watched the Tiger King, so I've watched I watched the Tiger King with my wife. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm kind of taking this time to just really self evaluate a lot of things. I think you know fans should do the same thing. Whoever's watch, whoever will listen in and and listen to this report, just uh, take the time to really just 
evaluate yourself and evaluate what you want to get better at as a person. Um, I'm trying to do a better job of reading books and really just opening my horizon to new things, whether it's, you know, different religions or just, I just, I just want to hear more from different people to, to just help me. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. You know, very sound advice from someone who has a lot of life experiences and, uh, you know, Francis, I really am rooting for you. Obviously, I hope the Chargers draft you selfishly. Uh, <laughs> it was a pleasure to watch you this past season at Utah. And, you know, we wish you and your family nothing but the best. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Good luck with you, too, as well. All right, so before we did get into like these the mock dra- oh, You did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. All right, continue. So I got to be on my toes for an hour now. Okay. <laughs> You're safe from now on. I got it. Uh-huh. I got okay. out of my system. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so just out of curiosity where do you see a guy like francis bernard fitting up with the chargers and then when were you, where would you take him in the draft so he did play uh he played mike linebacker for the university of utah um he's so good in pass coverage situations that i think that he could probably play the will as well um he's really versatile you know he's really good against the run and he talked about the little things that he uh needs to improve on just kind of attacking angles um with a little bit more efficiency and, and more effective technique. But I think he's a very well, well-rounded linebacker. And uh, in this class, once you pass, uh, you know, Akeem Davis Gaither, it's really just kind of the thumpers or the passing coverage guys. Um, you know, Evan Weaver is a thumper and Shaquille Quarterman and, and players like that. So, you know, Jason and I have talked a bit about, we prefer the linebackers who can do um, more in the passing down situations and play in the running down situations. And I think Francis Bernard could be that. And so um, apparently he's been told by some NFL people to uh, be waiting for, you know, late day two, early day three. Um, That's about where I think he'll he'll go to probably day three, if I had to guess, Um, you know, fourth, fifth round. And I think if the chargers, you know, we talked to Daniel Popper who thinks that he, they'll take a linebacker early. If they don't, I think Francis Bernard is a great fit. And if they took him in the fourth, fifth round, I think that'd be a really good, uh, really good choice for someone to come in and, and give some competition to Kaiser White and Nick Vigil. Fred Warner is my comp for Francis Bernard. I think those two are just so similar in the skill set they're bringing from college to the NFL. And so, former teammates. I think, I think the sky's the limit for those two guys. I mean, Fred Warner was again one of those early day three kind of guys. But just the range they have at the linebacker position. If you want to, if you want to see how Francis Bernard would fit in on an NFL squad, um, just go look at for some Fred Warner tape because I think they're very similar as prospects. Yeah, and I think you know he did play running back to start at BYU, um, so he he actually was teammates with Fred Warner. So I think that playing the running back really helps him attack angles, and that's something that I asked him about. So there's a lot of versatility with a guy like Francis because he's so good in passing down situations and um he's got really good hands because from his days from playing running back that he can create a lot of turnovers as well and he's got a nose for the football so if the chargers picked him you know selfishly because he's a utah guy i would be really happy but also because it'd be a really good fit and i think you know if you're talking about getting a more versatile linebacker core a guy like francis bernard would really help that um help accomplish that goal all right, let's get into these mock drafts. I'm not going to go over every first and last name. I'm not going to really say what pick it was unless it was something different. You guys kind of know who we're talking about at this point. It's mostly just going to be last names in order. 
that's mostly it because we're trying to save time because last time took almost two hours and I am not doing that again today. So the first one is from Daniel and Daniel trades back with the Raiders, takes Wills at 12 and at 19 takes Justin Jefferson. Then from there is just Jalen Johnson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Malik Harrison, Leckie Fotu, Devin Duvernay, and Harrison Bryant. Guys, what do you think of this one? I like it. I don't know how realistic it is. Um, so I really like your draft, Daniel. Actually, I, r- I really like it. Um, you're talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 81. That's that's really good value. And then you got Malik Harrison at 112. That's also pr- pretty good value. That's about where he fits at. And I like Malik Harrison a lot. Um, then you got Devin Duvernay at 151, which is just unreal value. You're talking about a second-round type player that you're just taking way late right there. And then again with great value with Harrison Bryant at 186, which again, just really good value for a player that should probably be taken in like the fourth or fifth. Um, so the value here is insane. I don't know how realistic it is because I don't, one, I don't think a lot of those players will be there, including Jedrick Wills at 12. I don't I don't think Wills will be avail- available there, but you know, there's so many good linemen, you never know. Um, yeah. Secondly, though, I don't know if the Chargers are going to go O-line early. I actually really doubt they do. Um, I doubt they're going receiver early because I feel like they believe they could find a late guy they like because they have Keenan on Mike Williams. They've kind of disregarded the position because of those two guys, which is bad, but it's where they are. Um, and then Jalen Johnson in the third, or actually this is the second, sorry. Um, Jalen Johnson in the second, I I like it. I don't know how good the fit is. I don't know if the Chargers will like that. With the with the rumors, though, that they could be going to man coverage and having these guys move around a lot, I mean, I could get behind that. But it's just there's a lot of guys that are falling here, and then you also have a lot of positions that I don't think the Chargers value too much being taken early. Um, but I, I personally really like it. Yeah, so I really like the draft. I you know really like the creativity from Daniel here, and that's something that we did ask for. So, you know, trading back with the Raiders, I'd, I'd – don't know again how realistic it is like jason is saying but if you can get this trade and you can get this draft i love it and one of the things that is really good about it is that there's no quarterback here because he's going all in on tyrod taylor so if you give tyrod taylor jedrick wills justin jefferson edward Zelaire, devin duvernay and harrison bryant like that would be super super fun to watch like that's just an entertaining team uh and then you get the best corner in the draft i'm just kidding um obviously they had Sokuda. <laughs> uh then you get Lucky Foto who's a really good fit on defense. Malik Harrison's a really good fit on defense. So I really love this draft. I don't know how realistic it is, but you know, if we're just judging this mock draft, I would give it an A. Yeah, probably an A. You just get insane value here across the board and you're yeah. getting there's not a single player here I don't like. So yeah. mm-hmm. I mean even Lucky Foto who I'm lower on I mean, he offers a lot as a run support guy, which the Chargers do need. Mm-hmm. Um, being Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery are primarily like primarily pass rushing guys. The only good run stuffer the Chargers have right now is Linval Joseph, and he hasn't even played it down for the team yet. So, I mean, I love I love everything about this draft. I just don't know how realistic it is, but we, you know, in terms of you sent it to us, I approve. So, hey, yeah, good job. Also, nice. I just want to bring this up. Uh, Peter Schrager had Harrison Bryant in the first round in his what? mock draft. Yeah. Wait, what? Timeout. Okay, hold on. Pause. Sorry. Um, to the Patriots, right? Yeah. 
to he the, did. the okay. At twenty three, he had the Patriots take Harrison Bryant at twenty three. At uh, twenty three, they didn't even trade down. They took him at twenty three. No, they took <laughs> what? him at twenty three. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is this nonsense? So, I mean, I like uh, it. <laughs> according go. to according to him, there's buzz that he. You know, I, I'm not surprised if he's the number one tight end for some people. You know, we saw him win the Mackey Award, so we've seen the production. But round one, I just, in general, tight ends, I'm not taking round one, like, ever. Unless it's a player like Gronk or Travis Kelsey. Okay, brief brief, brief pause on the mock drafts. I want to talk about this just for one second. Harrison Bryant is not bad. I actually like him um, as, like, a fourth-round guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... No, no, no. Um, if the Patriots are in, if the Patriots take him at twenty three, I will die. I will doubt everything about myself because that immediately means that the Patriots have found the guy that they believe can be their like replacement for Gronk. In which case, I will then question everything. I will, I will just, ugh. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. I'm, I don't know if the Patriots did make that pick though. You know, everyone would go. Oh, what did what did we not see? Yeah, it's the freaking Patriots. Yeah. So. Oh my God, the thing with the Patriots is like that player might not be that good, but he fits what they want to do and he fits their plans, so he's gonna be good. So it's like, all right, well, okay. Like if he goes to if he goes to the Saints, wherever I think they pick twenty four. Like if he goes to the Saints, it's like he might not even be like serviceable. But if he goes to the Patriots, he could be some Hall of Famer. It's just weird with the Patriots, man. Yeah. All right, let's move on to John's draft. He gave us two. He's got one with trades and one more standard. This first one has him trading back with the Falcons. He takes Jordan Love at 16, then A.J. Terrell, 37, Chenault, 42, Davis Gaither, 71, Barge, 78, Foe, 2 in the next round, Pirine, then Benjamin Victor, then Trayvon Hill in the seventh round. What do you guys think? So this did come out earlier today that the Falcons were looking to trade up into the top 12 so that they could either get you know, a guy like C.J. Henderson or Javon Kinlaw. So I actually think this is pretty realistic. If the Chargers are sitting there at six and Simmons is gone and Okuda is gone and Tua is gone, I actually think this is pretty realistic where they get an offer from the Falcons and say, you know, we'll take our chances and see if Jordan Love is there at 16. Uh, I think he would be, honestly. If the Chargers don't take him at six, I can see Jordan Love being there at 16. I really like A.J. AJ Terrell. I think he... Um, is unjustifiably knocked for his game against LSU. I think Jamar Chase really just, he's an amazing receiver and he tears up everybody. So I don't really blame him for that. LaVisca Chenault, I'm not crazy about that fit, but take him at 42. That's okay. Uh, I love Davis Gaither at 71. That's a great value and he fits perfectly what they want to do with the will linebacker. Love Barch, love Fotu. LaMichael P. Ryan, I, I would be okay with um, in the fifth round. Not crazy about it. Benjamin Victor pairs with LaVisca Chenault very well. Victor's a really good red zone target, lanky, uh, kind of jump ball over the, the middle kind of player. And then Trevon Hill, you know, he was really hyped up to be a good transfer target for Miami. Uh, didn't work out, but he is very athletic, very fast. He's just not technically refined. So uh, I like this draft a lot. It covers a lot of needs, gets a lot of uh immediate impact players that i really like so i'll give this an a who the heck is this jordan love guy and why are you taking him so early what the heck dude come on <laughs> get out of here what is this trash um so love at 16 i approve obviously um 
AJ Terrell at 37. I'd have to think about that one. I'll come back to that one. LaVisca Chenault at 42. I don't like it. I'm not a big Chenault fan. Um, I just think he has a lot of things he needs to work on. Now, if Chenault went anywhere and developed, it would be the Chargers because the Chargers have a really good wide receiver coach and they have really good mentors above him. So, yeah. I mean, Keenan Allen could do wonders to help Chenault progress in his separation skills. And Mike Williams, obviously, is really good at the jump ball. I don't know how much he could teach him there. It's a lot of instinct at that point. Um, then you got Davis Gaither at 71. I really like Davis Gaither. I'm also really high on him. Ben Barch at 78. I have a second round, early second round grade on Ben Barch. Um, well, not early second round grade on Ben Barch, but I I like him early in the second round. Sorry. Uh, Lecky Fotu, already talked about him. Michael P. Ryan. Sure. Um, Benjamin Victor, I like him. He knows how to use his frame, which is very good for a receiver of that size. Generally, when you're in these late rounds and you get a receiver with size, it's just an experiment. Whereas I think Benjamin Victor is a lot more refined than um, than you would think being this late. But when you get a guy that knows how to use his size, that's an important thing. A lot of receivers at this point have the size, but don't know how to use it. So Victor, I really like in the late rounds. Uh, then you got Trayvon Hill. Which isn't bad. I, I, I like the potential he has. Uh, it's just about whether he can use it or not. So uh, I would... Hmm. AJ Terrell's the kind of the wild card here for me of whether I want to give this an A or a B. Because if I like Terrell, I'm, I'll probably give it an A-. minus. But then the Chenault pick after makes me want to like lower it. Um, I'll, I'll give this one an A- minus because... I think AJ Terrell offers enough versatility to where if they stick with the zone scheme, he'll, he'll live. And if they move to the man scheme, he'll thrive. So mm-hmm. he's definitely uh, man corner. I'll, I'll give it an a minus. I, I like it. And I will say if you do take LaVisca Chenault, I want them to take a second receiver, you know, ideally more of a field stretcher. Um, but I really like Benjamin Victor and, you know, rewatching his tape. He kind of reminds me of a poor man's Plaxico Burris, just like the way that he uses his body, like Jason is saying, and how lanky and and just physical, uh, how physical of a receiver he is. He really reminds me of Plaxico Burris. So I like this draft, and I think if you do take Chanel, you have to take another receiver later on because, you know, he's right now he's really limited in what you can do with him. Um, He's honestly, I think as a rookie, he's going to be more of a Debo Samuel gadget type player than anything else. All right, let's go to his more standard one. This one's from John again. Herbert, Ayuk, Barch, Davis Gaither, Harrison Hand, Warren, and Victor. Basically, this whole grade is going to come down. What do you guys think of Herbert at six, honestly? So what do you mm. what do you make of it? I'll take this one first. Okay, so people assume because I'm not as high on Herbert that the draft is just automatically over for me the second they take Herbert. Not true. Not true. I actually... I... I'm, I'd be okay. I would survive, all right? Herbert's not that bad, okay? Um, so the Herbert pick, I'm not I'm not mad. I'm not ecstatic. I'd, I'd give that one like a C-plus-ish. Um, I think it's the realistic option. So, mm-hmm. And we didn't see a lot of Herbert last time we did this. So it's good to see Herbert early. Um, Ayuk in the second round, love it. I think he needs a lot to work on, similar to Chenault, but I think he's also more of a... I think it'll come quicker for Ayuk than it will for Chenault. I think it'll 
I think it'll just move a little faster. Um, we've talked about Ayuk's wingspan, which is just ridiculous. So he would help a lot on those 50-50 situations, uh, help bail out whatever young quarterback he has or Tyrod Taylor. And then you got Ben Barch at 71. And I've already said I like Ben Barch. Davis Gaither, we love Davis Gaither. Harrison Hand, that's a very good versatile corner. I actually think he'd be a better slot corner, but he can play outside, and I would be 100% okay with him playing outside. Very good corner that offers both zone and man capabilities, and he's a pretty good tackler. So I really like Harrison Hand. Michael Warren, that's a running back, then don't count. And then Benjamin Victor, we talked about him. What's wrong with Michael Warren? There's nothing <laughs> wrong with him. He's a running back. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've said a few times, if it's, if Herbert is a pick at six, I'll be okay with it. You know, I just, I would rather see them get Tua or an elite offensive tackle at six or Isaiah Simmons even, but you know, I think Herbert shows enough signs and I think him sitting behind Tyrod for a year, I think, you know, eventually he would be able to pan out and pairing him with Brandon Ayuk. That's, that's exactly what Herbert needs. You know, he needs that deep threat down the field. Um, you know, we already talked about Barch and Davis Gaither, I'm not going to mention anything else about Harrison Hand because Jason uh, already covered that. Michael Warren, I actually really like his pairing in L.A. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Zach Moss from a physicality standpoint. And he is. He does have soft hands. He's a good receiver. He's just not as explosive, and he's not as physical at the point of attack as Zach Moss. But, you know, there's some Moss flashes there where, you know, I think he would fit really well in with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. So, um, because I'm not crazy about Herbert at six, I'll give this a B plus. Look, Mike Michael Warren is the wrong Mike. All right, if we if if you take Michael Warren, you're not getting Mikey Daniel. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's working out. <laughs> so it's, it can't happen. Uh, I give this one a, a C plus. Cool. Moving on to Marcus's draft and his Twitter handles at no freaking clue. So I guess we'll see if he has any clue with his draft. With the sixth pick, which was a kind of an earlier mocked thing, but now it's not as much anymore. Takes Derek Brown, then Jordan Love in the second, Cole Komet, Tyler Johnson, Justin Stranod, Jawan Jennings, and Darius Anderson. What do you guys think of this one? This is interesting. You know, I think Derek Brown, he reminds me of Linval Joseph, so I think, you know, pairing them together would be really interesting. You know, that's it's really unorthodox, but I, I could get behind it. Um, if you get Jordan Love in the second round, that's a steal. Uh Cole Komet was initially my tight end one, but I lowered him after watching some more tape of his. Um, so I'm not crazy about that in the third round. I actually really like Tyler Johnson. Getting him in the fourth round, I think, would be really interesting. You know, as a slot guy, he offers some upside, but in this situation, you would want to have, you know, a, a taller burner down the field. And while I like Jawan Jennings, that combination, that pairing just seems kind of redundant to me. Um, I like Justin Strad or however you say that. And I like Darius Anderson. So it's, it's an intriguing draft. Um, I'm not crazy about Cole Komet. I'm not crazy about the wide receivers he chose. So I'll give this a B minus. So Derek Brown, that's the interesting one for me yeah. here first. Would I be happy? Yeah. Would I be ecstatic? Probably not. Would I be upset? Probably. So I will I'm, say if the, if if the Chargers want to take a defensive lineman at six, it should be Javon Kinlaw, not Derek Brown. Oh no! Ew! Why? Why? Kinlaw, why? Kinlaw fits more. Kinlaw does the opposite role of Limbaugh Joseph. You know, He's Kinlaw just Derry is, Tillery. 
I think he's better than Jerry Tillery. No. All, all respect to Tillery. I think he's going to develop, but I love Javon Kinlaw, man. No. Oh, no. Not at six. No. But just because Davis of the fit, Davis. because if you take Derek Brown, what do you do with Limbaugh Joseph? You, you play them together? Like, yeah. You, you bench Tillery? Go crazy. Derek Brown could play three tech. I know he could. <laughs> I just, I think the fit would be better with Kinlaw, but. It's, they got they have they have Javon Kinlaw on the roster. All right, um, Derek Brown, Derek Derek Brown. I I like him. Um, I think first year he would probably play three tech over Tillery, and then after Linval Joseph, either whatever situation happens there, Derek Brown probably moves to to the one, and then Jerry Tillery hopefully develops it by then as the three. So, just offers you more rotation at the at the line and. You can never have enough rotating pieces along that defensive line. It's so invaluable. Then you got Jordan Love on the second. That's fantastic. Great. I don't think it happens, but I, I would love it. And then Cole Commit in the third. I have a lot of questions about Commit, but I that's that's okay value for him. Tyler Johnson, I like him. I've heard a couple people tell me. So a couple people have told me that there's some concerns there character-wise. I've heard so the same. I don't, I don't know because I have never met Tyler Johnson, so I don't want to say anything about that. Uh, it's none of my business at that point. So I'll I'll say I like the player Tyler Johnson. I really like the player Tyler Johnson. Actually, I like his potential. Um, and then you got Justin Strenad. I I actually really like him a lot. I think he's a really good linebacker. I think he has a lot of good cover skills. I think he's a very smart linebacker. And uh, you're talking about your David Woodward. He's very similar to him. I feel, but he has more of the coverage skills of like a Francis Bernard in my, in my opinion. And then you got Jawan Jennings. Uh, that's like probably the player me and Steven on disagree on the most out of any player in this draft is Jawan Jennings. Well, apparently it's probably Ken law now, but um, <laughs> Jawan Jennings, I just, I don't necessarily think Jawan Jennings is, he's not fast, but he's a deep threat. And that's scary to me when you get a player that's a deep threat, but he doesn't have deep threat speed. It just terrifies me, but I do like his hands. He has really good hands. Um, Darius Anderson out of TCU. TCU running backs are always intriguing, aren't they? They bounce around like a pinball. It's like, they're so fun. So, I mean, of the TCU running backs, I like Darius Anderson a lot more. I feel like he offers more upside as a receiver than Sewo, whatever his last name is. All all Yeah. That, (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> what was the TCU running back like two years ago? What was his name Green? That got like a lot of oh. hype prior to the draft. Anyways, that's beside the point. TCU running backs are always really popular pre-draft. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. So right, I'll let's give, give my sorry. bad, Tyler. I promised we. I would. Did I interrupt that. you? I apologize. Um, I give this draft like a B minus just because I it's, it intrigues me so much and I want to talk about it forever. <laughs> Wow. Well, we're not going to talk about it forever. And move on uh-huh. to Scott's draft. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Got to move on because we're on page two of 10. So here we, here we go. Oh, God. All right. They have Becton and then Hertz. Good Lord. And then DuVernay, Bryson Hopkins, Khalid Hudson, Josiah Scott, and Patrick Taylor. Oh, I don't know. It seems like a project of the first two picks. What okay. do you guys think? Okay. Okay. So this is um, this is my worst nightmare. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's some picks I like here. Sure, I, don't, I know I know I'm lower on Mackay Becton than I used to be, and a little lower on him than Steven is. I still like Mackay Becton. I think you talk about 
three years in the future, you want to talk about who might be the best tackle in this draft, it's probably Mekhi Becton. I don't think he's that year one. I think he needs a year or two. But, um, you know, if they're taking him at six, he's probably starting day one, and I think that'll get a little bit sketchy. So we'll see there. And then Jalen Hurts at 37. Now, Jalen Hurts is one I've been back and forth on a few times. I like the talent. I actually like the arm talent there. I like the I like the eyes in the back of his head. I don't like the eyes in the front of his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so Jalen Hurts, it's not that he doesn't make bad decisions. He just doesn't make decisions. Yeah. And I I know I've said that the Oklahoma receivers were not as good at separating as people think they are, but Hurts at the same time just didn't do him any favors by throwing the football. You got like he would wait a very long time for the receivers to work their way open instead of helping his receivers out by giving like by throwing a good ball and throwing them open. So I don't think his ball placement is necessarily that good either. I talked about accuracy, how I don't value accuracy as much as I do like natural ball placement. Like, do you lead your receiver open or do you hit your receiver in the chest? That kind of deal. Jalen Hurts does not have a good ball placement. Yeah, he's not going to throw his receiver open. And when his receiver is open, the reason that like Jalen Hurts would make that safe throw and would wait for them to be that open is because when he delivered the ball, it wouldn't necessarily be in a position where if there was a corner, it would be a good ball. Um, I didn't make a lot of sense there, but whatever. Uh, Jalen Hurts, eh. Uh, Devin DuVernay, I love Devin DuVernay. We've already talked about that. Love, 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 love Devin DuVernay. I think... Yeah, I'll go on a limb here and say he's probably with Van Jefferson for me in terms of receivers that I am 100% sure will work out in the NFL. Like, even though Denzel Mims is my number one guy, I'm well aware of the fact that he is probably, like, there's a chance he doesn't work out. Yeah. But Devin DuVernay and Van Jefferson, to me, are guys that will work out 100%. I have no doubt in my mind. Bryson Hopkins, this is when you're losing me again. Uh, (laughs) Bryson Hopkins, I just... There's not a there's not a lot I like about Bryson Hopkins. Good blocker though, in some cases. Uh, Kalik Hudson, I actually really like Kalik Hudson. I think he's a very versatile player. He fits what the Chargers like to do in terms of go get a safety linebacker hybrid like Kaiser White, uh, Adrian Phillips ish player. I think Kalik, Kalik Hudson fits that. Um, then Josiah Scott, I don't know much about Josiah Scott unfortunately. I'll have to look him up and watch him. Thanks for giving us the name. And then Patrick Taylor Jr. You know, it's not. It's not a bad pick, actually. I like Patrick Taylor Jr., especially in the seventh round. I think he would add to the 20 juniors the Chargers already have on the squad. <laughs> so what's your grade for this one? C- a C-. minus. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm leaning to. Um, I like the idea of taking a tackle at six because, you know, ultimately I want a blue-chip talent. And Mikai Becton, like Jason is saying, he has upside. But if you've watched my breakdown on Mikai Becton, his technique in pass protection is horrendous. It is so bad. And, you know, he's really slow off the ball. He is a project. Like, he really is a project. And that, so taking the tackle at six, I like. But that means that you're going all in on Tyrod Taylor for next year. So if you're going all in on Tyrod Taylor for the next year, Give me Tristan Wirfs, give me Jedrick Wills, or give me Andrew Thomas. Those three ones are pro-ready, um, specifically Andrew Thomas. Jason loves him, and I think he's the best fit for the Chargers because he plays left tackle and not right tackle. 
Um, I would be okay with Tristan Wirfs because he has played left tackle. Jedrick Wills has not played left tackle, but I love Jedrick Wills. He's my highest rated uh, offensive tackle, so I'd be okay with that. Um, I like the idea of taking Hurts to back up and learn from Tyrod, but not in the second round. I think it's more of a, a third round guy. Love Devin Duvernay. I like Hopkins. I like Hudson. Um, haven't watched much of Scott. Patrick Taylor, I think he's what people think A.J. Dillon is, and he's going in the seventh round, so I'm okay with Patrick Taylor in the seventh round. I think that is good value. And so I don't hate this draft, but I don't really like it either, so I'll give it a C. All right, well, that's that's not good. All right, next one is from Anthony Hopper, who takes with the first pick in the – well, sixth pick in the first round. My new QB1, that's Tua Tungavailoa, then Jalen Rieger, Hall, Biedaz, Duvernay, Jacob Phillips – and then Raekwon Williams. Yay. Yeah, so he said he said that his goal going into it was just take the best player available at every pick, regardless of position. Um, obviously worked out that it filled needs. I think Tua, obviously, you know, me and Tyler love him, and I think he's the perfect fit in L.A. Pairing him with a guy like Jalen Rieger is perfect. You know, I have some question marks about his hands and his reliability as a route runner, but he's a burner. He's really fast, and, you know, he ran a 4-4, and it was like, kind of disappointing but he's still on a 4-4 so i like that we all love bryce hall tyler be as we all love him we love duvernay jacob phillips is interesting he's really athletic at the linebacker spot but his athleticism didn't pan out to production alongside patrick queen he was really over overshadowed by queen and raekwon williams has been apparently killing the draft the draft interview process and i think he feels a need as an interior defensive line so I really like this draft. Obviously, you get your franchise quarterback. You pair him with a high upside receiver. Fill a need at cornerback who fits perfectly. Love the interior offensive line. And then you double down with Devin DuVernay. So I really like this draft. I'll give it an A-. If I see Devin DuVernay one more time, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I actually really like DuVernay. So I'm about it. Um, So what do we got here? We got Tua. So Rager. Hall be it as so already not killing it in the creativity department we asked for <laughs> this is exact this was every <laughs> draft we got last week or not last week but last time we did this but uh, I like it anyways I mean it's getting a good grade from me because all these players are amazing you know you went BPA every pick regardless and it, it panned out really well uh, obviously you got a lot of people's QB1 tackle Vailoa I'm not calling him Tango Vailoa where's the N in his name somebody show me the N in his name <laughs> That's how it's pronounced, dude. I, I mm. you can ask him when he joins the team. It makes me yeah. so mad. Um, and then you got Jalen Rager in the second. I still like Rager. I, I don't care. I like him. I like his value there. I think, you know, you turn on his tape and he just absolutely destroys corners with just pure speed. So you're telling I'm not I'm still not convinced he's a four four guy. Bryce Hall in the third. We've talked about Bryce Hall like a million times. You know, he's great. He's the perfect Chargers corner that fits them amazingly. Tyler Biedaz, Tyler loves his name. That's all that needs to be said. Woo. And then um, Jacob Phillips. Now, Jacob Phillips is interesting to me. I just feel like he doesn't play. So we were talking about Francis Bernard earlier, how he understands the running back position and where the gaps are because he used to play it. Jacob Phillips probably should have played running back at one point because he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't yeah. understand <laughs> where like where the gap is going to be, where the running back is going to go. He just reacts and you need to get that react. You need to get a little more, look at your keys, you know, get, look at your keys and get your bearings 
and then you can react. All right. If you're just relying 100% on reaction when that reaction time is not the best, it can kill you. So Jacob Phillips, I think go to the right team in a 3-4 scheme where he doesn't have too much responsibility and he has a, another linebacker to share the responsibility with, and he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Uh, you want him as a 4-3 Mike backer where all that responsibility is on him, you're going to be in trouble. Um, then you got Raekwon Williams. Uh, he's solid. He's a solid guy. I think he's more of a run support guy. I think he needs little development, but I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at him in seventh. I'll give this one a A+. plus. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. First A-plus of the day. That's a, what's what's the, the bad part about grade. it? No, I just I didn't think you were leaning to a full A-plus there. Yeah, an A-plus. I thought you were going on this path where, like, Jacob Phillips is kind of a moron, and then all of a sudden you give the grid an A+. Plus. I didn't say like, he was okay. a moron. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I just said he doesn't know where the running back's going. <laughs> Jacob Phillips, if you ever listen to this, I don't think you're a moron. I think you're a very smart man, and I'm sure you aced all your tests. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> That's the way I came across. I feel really bad. I didn't mean it. No, no, no. I'm just messing with okay. you. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure to read your keys and get your bearings just like <laughs> Phillips needs to. All right, the next one is from Nikolai, who says he does, he's doing what the th- he thinks the team does. It's maybe a realistic option here. He goes, Herbert, Ayuk, Davis Gaither, Asiasi, Garvin, Bandy, a corner, and France, at offensive tackle. Uh, the first three rounds are really good. Uh, Devin Asiasi, I don't even know if he should be taken in the seventh round. Don't like that. Wow. Um, Jonathan Garvin, did you watch Asiasi much? No. Yeah, so maybe it was just because his quarterback was awful, but I'm not a fan of Asiasi. I know some some scouts and GMs like him a lot. He's like Hunter Bryant if Hunter Bryant didn't actually produce. So he's athletic, but, you know, the the production was just not really there. Um, Tight ends really do at the college level, so that's hard hard to judge based off of that. That's fair. Jonathan Garvin, honestly, I don't really know who that is. I don't really know who Trajan Bendy, Bandy is either. Bendy. Scott France in the seventh. That's okay. I think, you know, as a seventh round offensive tackle could come in and provide some decent depth. I think it's okay. Um, but I'll give this a C again. I don't don't really like this. And if this is what the team does, I'm, I'm scared. Would you say Devin is a little so-so? That's a terrible Spanish joke. Yeah, what? it is. <laughs> oh, see, oh see, come on. <laughs> if we keep this in the podcast, we're losing. We're losing so many followers. <laughs> we have to no, cut that out. Are you kidding me? You can't get this anywhere else. Uh, oh, Jonathan Garvin. Uh, I'm trying to remember him. I've I I have him in my notes. I don't remember him, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, France, no, no, I could just, that's all, that's my analysis on France, no, all right, we're just, we're not going there, I don't see it at all from any level of run blocking, pass blocking, awareness, nah, just, nah, but, um, for what it's worth, I, I know there's a lot of scouts and GMs that really like Devin Asiasi, they think he's even a second round worthy guy, so, with, I mean, this part of the season, you never know. You just never know who's lying and who's telling the truth in terms of, you know, this guy's value is this, or, um, you know, Benjamin Victor is a first round pick. And it just, it's everywhere. Okay. And I really like Herbert. 
Ayuk and Gaither in the first three rounds. That's like tiers above France and Asiasi, from what I can tell. Uh, I need to watch Garvin and Bandy, though. So thank you, Nikolai, for Garvin and Bandy. I need to write that down real quick. Sounds like a law firm. <laughs> Garvin, Garvin and, and Bandy. Bandy. <laughs> Sounds so like Lungs could... and Daredevil. They're the, they're the antagonist yeah, exactly. law firm. So what is your grade? I don't incomplete because I don't know enough of these guys. I feel like three guys that I don't have actually graded. Well, two guys I have Garvin graded. I don't have him like I don't ha- I don't remember him at all. So three guys that I can't really give an opinion on. So I'll grade it by the four guys I can. Um, the four guys I can I would give it like a, a C plus. Yeah, France. the The thing with taking an offensive tackle late is that you're getting a major project and that's what france is like some people that i have talked to really like his size um but you know that's pretty much it so in the seventh round if you're taking an offensive lineman i think you would much rather have an interior offensive lineman you know a guy like Darrell williams from mississippi state um calvin throckmorton from oregon jake hansen from oregon you know those are some guys that can come in and provide depth more so than france would be able to I just think France struggles far too much with too many things. Like, yeah. you know, you get a lineman where his weakness is spin moves. He can't block spin moves. That's kind of a, you know, vague uh, example. But, you know, this this Robert Candy can't block spin moves. And Joshua Hicks can't block bull rush moves. But they're good at other things. They just have these very apparent weaknesses. Whereas with France... When you watch his film, you're like, what can this dude block? You know, like, what is, what is what is he? Come on, show me something here. What can you do that makes me believe that you can work out the NFL level? You know, uh, do you do you excel at blocking the bull rush? He doesn't. Uh, do you excel at blocking spin? He doesn't. So that's kind of the thing with France. But And then you got Herbert in the first, who I'm not overly high on, but I'm okay with. And then I really like the value with Ayuk and Davis Gaither, though. So I'll give it a C plus. Right on, moving to Brian Rick's draft. And he's okay, so he traded back with Jacksonville to draft a quarterback later, but then Brown and Wills were too hard to pass on. But he's also telling me to ignore some of his picks because he doesn't remember the trade details. So just bear with me here on this one. He takes Brown, then Wills, Anay Hurts in the third, and then Claypool, Kelly, Dane Jackson, Damian Lewis, Shaquille Quarterman. In that order, what do you guys think? So basically, he's saying that the draft is Derek Brown, Jedrick Wills. Jalen Hurts, Joshua Kelly, Dane Jackson, Damian Lewis, and Shaquille Quarterman. Um, this is really interesting. Jedrick Wills, there's a 0% chance there he's 20. But in this draft, he was there, so you took him. That's fantastic. Um, Jalen Hurts in the third, I think that's okay. Joshua Kelly, I like Joshua Kelly, but not in the fourth round. Um, I've kind of reversed course there because the running back position is much better uh, later on. I think there's some good depth there, but I don't hate it. Dane Jackson, I like Dane Jackson. I think he's a bit redundant in L.A. because he's probably a slot corner. But, you know, you can draft him in the off chance that you trade Desmond King or let Desmond King walk. You know, you have a slot corner there to provide some depth. Damian Lewis in the sixth round, I think that's fantastic value. Damian Lewis is a really good uh, depth piece that I like. And Shaquille Quarterman, if he's there in the seventh round, that's really good value for him. You know, we've talked about him quite a bit as a Denzel Perryman clone as a Mike linebacker replacement potentially next year. I think that's pretty solid. Um, so, I mean, you know, he took good value players at 9, 20, 71, 
you know, really the only bad value I don't like uh, that I don't am not crazy about is Joshua Kelly. So I'll give Brian's draft a B plus. Brown at nine is nice. Um, well, it's a lot better than six, obviously. I mean, you're tempted to take him at six, but at nine, that's crazy. I don't think he'd be available at nine, but if he is, that's awesome. So I'm okay with it here, and you're you're getting a lot of rotation, as we mentioned, and then you're still getting your offensive tackle at pick 20. And if Jedrick Wells is available at 20, I mean, somebody's getting a free hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy somebody. I'll buy somebody a hat. Somebody's getting a raise. <laughs> yeah, somebody's getting a new era hat for the Chargers draft. All right. So if Jedrick Wells falls, if Jedrick Wells falls to 20, um, I'll buy I'll buy one of you a hat. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we already talked about him. Joshua Kelly. Stephen covered that um, really well. I just not not in the fourth round. Dane Jackson. With the new scheme we're going to, actually, I wouldn't be too mad about that. Yeah. Um, I like Dane Jackson. Yeah, he's a really good, he's a really good corner. I feel like, you know, he's got, he's, he's a project, but, you know, you're taking a corner that late. He's going to be a project. Um, then you got Damian Lewis at guard. He's okay. I'm not overly high on him, but he's, he's not bad. I mean, that entire LSU line blocked for like eight seconds at a time sometimes. So, like, you know, if you get an LSU lineman, I'm not mad about it. And then, also, I'm not exaggerating. You go long, to go watch the film. It's like eight to twelve seconds sometimes. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then you got Shaquille Quarterman. We've talked about him being a Denzel Perryman clone, as Stephen said. Uh, really good player. I think he has more at pass, like more as a pass coverage backer than people give him credit for. I think he just needs to like develop a little bit there because in his early years at Miami, he showed a little more there than he did in the later years. So we'll see. All right, next one, and I already know where this draft is going to lose you to. But you might still like this one overall. So it's Tua, Mims, Barch, Davis Gaither, Dylan, Bowden, and Reggie Robinson in the seventh. Aside from Dylan, I love it. Right. Actually. Yeah. So you got Tua at first, which is, you know, you're getting a really good quarterback. That's ideal. Denzel Mims in the second. You're getting Tyrell Williams, basically. You're getting this guy that the Chargers have been desperately missing, and he's amazing at the jump balls. You know, if Phillip Rivers was still the quarterback, I would be even more thrilled about Mims because then, you know, you got – you get to see lobbed up into triple coverage against Cleveland again, and that would be great um, from a highlight perspective anyway. Uh, ben Barch talked about him. Gaither talked about him. A.J. Dillon sucks. Lynn Bowden, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> Lynn Bowden is really good and will probably be taken in day two. So the fact that he's there at 186 is awesome. I am almost positive that he will not be available past round three, though. And then Rod- Reggie Robinson, Gavino Borquez is really hot on him, so – I'll, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, outside of A.J. Dillon, this is an A for me. So because of A.J. Dillon and how much I don't think he fits in L.A., I'll give it a A-. minus. Cool. All right, the next one is from Riley, and this one's a crazy one. It's loaded. It's loaded. And he says, he left us a note. He says, you want creative? How about a trade down with the Bucks and then with New England? Check out this totally realistic mod draft. You may say, Riley, two tight ends? Yes, give me all the tight ends. Let's run with three or four at a time and run all over everyone. <laughs> Fascinating. So here's the order. I'm not even going to try to figure out what rounds these are. It's Love, then Josh Jones, Brennan Ayuk, Troy Pride, Troy Die, a lot of Troys, Tyler Biadaz, Bryant, Eno Benjamin, Thaddeus Moss, McTelvin, whatever that is. Agim. And, yeah, whatever. Agim and Javelin. Kidry. I, already, I said his name wrong last time. Yeah, that. 
<laughs> go for it what do you guys think so i mean we asked him to be creative this is definitely creative um if this draft happens it's an a you know you can feel a lot of needs you get your franchise quarterback um the two tight ends it's it's interesting because if hunter henry leaves then this is a, this is great pairing harrison bryant and thaddeus moss together in a if world without hunter henry then that's great um uh, mctelvin again i think in the sixth round would be a steal i like him a lot and Javelin Gidry as a nickel corner, outside corner, kind of versatile player. I think that works. He's listed as a safety for Pro Football Network, and I don't understand why, because he never played safety. He was always a nickel corner. Um, anyways, but if this draft happened, like, you get 10 picks, and they're all really good players, so this is an, an A+. plus. So, yeah, the thing with Javelin Gidry as well is, like, he has the speed to play outside corner. Like, yeah. he's a fast dude. So... Jordan Love, great. Josh Jones, meh. I think Josh Jones is basically Trey Pipkins. I think uh, Josh Jones is a little further along right now. I think at their peak of their careers, they'll be basically the same player. Um, Brandon Ayuk, we talked about him. Troy Pride Jr., if you want a very versatile guy that could play the – he could play safety, he could play outside corner, he could play slot corner. He's a very versatile player. He's really good at man, really good at zone, uh, especially in the off zone, off man. I don't necessarily like him too much press, but he can do it. Troy Die, um, I, I'm okay with it. I think he has some he has some things to work out, but I'm I'm okay with it there. And then Tyler Biadas, we already talked about him. Harrison Bryant, think about Harrison Bryant and Thaddeus Moss is they're a really good combo. Like they work really well yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bryant is kind of your receiving guy. Thaddeus Moss is your guy who's blocking but still offers some potential through receiving. He uses his frame really well and he just makes the the really clutch catches. You know, I. Everybody knocks him for not being a good receiver, but honestly, you're talking third and ten, where you need a reception. Thaddeus Moss is probably the best tight end in that case. Like, just send him over the middle, have him find space, and he'll find it. He's a very smart player. He's a very smart receiver. Not the most athletic one, but he's very smart in that regard. And the McTelvin Agim, you're getting a really good developmental guy that should probably go in the third round. Um, and then we already talked about Jack Gap. Jack, what? What? <laughs> talking about Javelin Gidry, uh, very versatile player. Uh, I think he could play safety. Is why they do it because you know when you're playing nickel corner, you're kind of basically playing like opposite of the strong safety. You're doing the same thing, but on the other opposite side. That's right. You're a little more. You're a little further out than what the strong safety is. Strong safety is usually what am I talking? Uh, usually lined up like on top of the tight end a little more, and the nickel corner is usually out uh, with a slot receiver, but. I mean, I could see Jacqueline Gidry playing in the strong safety role. I just don't think he has the size. Yeah. I mean, he's more, he's definitely more of a nickel or outside guy. And uh, he's intriguing. He's really fast. So I'd be intrigued by Gidry. So I'll give this one a. Well, you took like a bunch of players that are good. So I'll give <laughs> yeah. it an A. I also like that you traded down twice. That's creative. There you go. Yeah, nice. It's definitely creative. We appreciate that, and that's part of why you got an A. The next one is from Chargers, Germany, and I have to point that out because he took a guy with France in his name. All right, so it goes Jordan Love, Barch, Hall, Biedaz, Duvernay, Bernard, Taylor. I'm pretty sure we've talked about all these. What do you guys think? Um, This is great. I really like that you took Ben Barch at 37. You know, we've seen him more of the third round, but I think, honestly, he's a second-round player, especially with the run on offensive tackles in the first round that we're probably going to see. Love Bryce Hall, love Biedaz, love DuVernay. We talked about Francis Bernard in the interview. I think he fits perfectly. Um, J.J. Taylor, as a seventh-round running back, he's probably one of the better ones that you could get because he offers so much upside in the receiving game. So 
I mean, I'll give this an A. I really like it. So the only one in this list that I haven't talked about is J.J. Taylor yet, and I love J.J. Taylor. Like, we were, we had a debate about him last week, and as I said, he brings elite value to the receiving game, and I know scouts are really high on J.J. Taylor. Like, there's been some talk throughout the entire season, the entirety of last season, that he could be as high as the late second, early third. So I don't know for sure, but J.J. Taylor, I, I wouldn't be surprised without Tariq Cohen panned out in his first couple of seasons before – Mitchell Trubisky ruined everything. Um, I like it. I like JJ Taylor. I think I think he would actually fit really well with Jordan Love. Get him a good outlet along with Austin Eckler, or you yeah. can rotate these guys. Give him good receiving backs to work with, or to kind of get him comfortable. You know. So I like this draft a lot. I think I give it an A plus. Yeah, one of the things that Jordan Love did really well in 2018 that we didn't see a whole lot this past year was using his checkdown. I mean, he had Darwin Thompson there uh, in 2018, who's you know obviously drafted by the Chiefs, so. Giving him a guy like J.J. Taylor and Austin Eckler, like, I think that's a really good fit for Jordan Love. Right on. Okay, chugging along. Next one's from Bolt Lounge, who traded back with Atlanta. So that's popping up a couple of times. Yeah. He takes Love, Rieger, Chin, Tego Anogo, Akers, Moss, Ojimudia Davis, and Throckmorton. I really like this one. I really like this one. Uh, we talked about Jalen Rieger, so I'm not going to talk about him again. But Jeremy Chin at 47 is really, really interesting to me because, you know, you talk about a guy who's versatile, who can be – um, that extra defender. And a lot of people are saying, like, if you don't get Isaiah Simmons, like Jeremy Chin is is a good consolation prize for a versatile hybrid defensive player. So in this world, you probably see them trade Desmond King because you have Jeremy Chin there who can do what he can do. Um, Prince Tega Wanogo, we haven't talked about him. In the third round, I'm okay with it. Um, he's more of a project as well, so... You know, you can give some competition at left tackle, and worst case is you end up with Pipkins or Winogo as a swing tackle. I love Cam Akers. If you are going to take a running back in the middle of the rounds, or the middle of the draft, excuse me, Cam Akers is one of my favorite ones. We already talked about Thaddeus Moss. Uh, Oyemudia is a fantastic fit for what the Chargers want to do at corner. He can play man. He can play zone. He's tough. He's physical. I really like that fit. And pairing Rigor and Corny Davis together is awesome to me. I love that. Courtney Davis is a really underrated route runner in this draft. And I think, you know, as far as upside goes in the sixth round, like that's that's really good upside. That's good value. And Calvin Throckmorton, I mentioned him earlier, but as a seventh round offensive lineman, he can do a lot of things. He can play guard, play tackle. Um, pro football network uh, lists him as a center. I don't know if he can play center, but I know he can play guard and tackle because he did it in college. So in the seventh round, that's good depth. So. Uh, I really like this draft a lot, and I'll give it an A as well. So interesting, we're seeing Prince Tega Wanogo in the in the fourth round right here, um, third or third round, sorry, because uh, Albright just tweeted that six offensive tackle six offensive tackles minimum in the first round next week. Yeah, so you're probably looking at Prince Tega Wanogo in the third round pretty heavily. Um, if he makes it, you know, if a, if a run on tackles goes, we just talked about Ben Barch being like a, after a run on tackles, he's taken in the second round. You might see a similar thing with Tega Wanogo where he's taken in mid second. So mm-hmm. interesting, interesting tweet to find right there in the middle of the podcast. Um, so yeah, I like this draft a lot. You know, Jeremy Chin, I don't know about the fit there because they got their guy in Desmond King. I honestly would take Desmond King over Jeremy Chin. So, I mean, some, some people like Chin more that, which is fine, but I still have a lot of faith in King. Cam Akers in the mid rounds. Sure. I mean, 
I, I like Acres, but I just nah. I just you guys know how I feel about running back. I don't want to yeah. take it before round six, even. Yeah, in this just, instance with the multiple picks, I'm okay with it. If it was just straight up the standard seven picks, I don't want to take a running back until six or seven. But in this instance fair. with picks, I'm okay with it. That's fair. I, I feel it. Um, and then you got Thaddeus Moss, who, again, I really like. You're replacing Virgil Green because Virgil Green is getting a little bit up there in age. And I think Thaddeus Moss offers a lot more potential in the receiving game. So I'll take that. And I feel like they're going to need a tight end this year unless they really are confident they resign Henry and believe Henry will be healthy. Michael Oyemudia, you talked to me about this a month ago, and I would have loved it. Talk to me about it now, and I'm not so sure because of the scheme change. If they're really going to change the scheme, we don't know for sure. So little unknown there. It depends. If they go to a man scheme, I don't like this pick. If they stay in a zone scheme, I love it. So interesting one there. Courtney Davis, I'm really, really excited for Courtney Davis. I think he can really work out at the NFL level. Um, And I don't talk about him enough. I should because he's one of my favorite prospects. Calvin Throgmorton. Interesting. Is he listed at guard? He's listed at center for Pro Football Network. Huh. But he's he's listed at guard for the draft network. Cool. All right. Next one is a from Brandon. A ride it out with Tyrod draft. A plus. So he takes Wills, <laughs> Higgins, Hall, Biadaz, and then James Morgan, who I'm sure Jason wants to talk about, and then Shaquille Quarterman, J.J. Taylor. Go for it. Dude, you took James Morgan? That's so cool. Brandon, there you go. Um... So Jedrick Wills at six there. I mean, you're happy with any of the four tackles at six. Yeah. So, I mean, good job. Uh, it Whether he plays right tackle or left tackle is a bit unknown. I think it's still going to be a hard process to turn him to a left tackle. But if Nick Saban says he could do it, then fine. You can do it. T. Higgins, ugh. Uh, I'm not a fan of him at all. I think Benjamin Victor is actually better. So uh go get benjamin victor in the sixth or seventh and i like him better than t higgins it's my unpopular opinion for the day actually i think i'm full of those lately with the jordan love deal anyways <laughs> um bryce hall we've talked about him tyler Biadas talked about him james morgan so james morgan is somebody that me and steven watched together a few days ago and james morgan just really shows a lot to us like i the first thing we notice is that he looks like an nfl quarterback you know the size and the way he throws the ball the way he scans the field I, he just looks like an NFL quarterback to me. You're talking about, like, I, I was watching him, and I kind of got, like, a Jake Fromm vibe from him in terms of, like, how we process the field at times. So I really like James Morgan. I think, you know, you give him a give him a little time to work out and develop. I think he'll do a really good job at the NFL level. Shaquille Quarterman, we've talked about him. J.J. Taylor, we talked about him. Yeah, this is interesting to me because, you know, you say you ride it out with Tyrod. Um, and then you give him a receiver that doesn't really fit his skill set. Um, T. Higgins, I'm not going to say he's Benjamin Victor is better. I don't know about that personally, but I don't like T. Higgins in the second round. Um, I will say about Jedrick Wills, he probably would be the left tackle in this scenario. And then uh, the rest of the draft is okay. I like it. James Morgan is a guy we watched together, and Jason kind of talked me into him. Um, if you do support us on Patreon, go watch that breakdown uh, from the both of us on our Patreon account. And then, you know, Bryce Hall and Tyler Beatas, I feel like, are the most popular players we've, we've seen this time around. Um, I like both of them, so I'll give it a B. Cool. Next up is from Austin Xavier, and this is his dream draft, so hopefully you guys like it. He takes Okuda, then Queen, Barch, Morgan again, then Duvernay, Durant, and Michael Warren the second. So this is 
super interesting and to me because you pair Okuda and Queen together. You know, that, as far as a defense goes, that is definitely a dream defensive draft for this team. You know, you get the best corner in the draft and you get arguably one of the better linebackers in this draft. Ben Marsh in the third, I like that. James Morgan in the fourth, that's probably where he's going to end up going. You know, he's been killing the interview process from what we've heard. We love Duvernay. I really like Michael Warren. Yasir Durant, I know he's listed as an interior offensive lineman here, but he's 6'8". He's a tackle. Um, I think he could play guard, but yeah, I think he's a tackle, so getting him is a bit redundant with Ben Barch. But because your first four or five rounds are so good, um, Austin, I will give this an A+. This is a ballsy draft. It is really like, ballsy. This is Okuda and Queen. I would love that. I would be so hyped for that. That'd just be that'd be a crazy defense you're talking about. On Two. paper, on paper, that's a top three defense in the league. Yeah, uh, and then Ben Barch, offensive tackle. I think he could switch between guard and tackle, so that's a very versatile player. Very good pick there. James Morgan, we talked about him. I really like James Morgan. I would be okay with him as early as, honestly, second round, which is start. You're, you're starting to see him in the second round a lot. So James Morgan is somebody I'm very high on. Devin Duvernay in the fifth. Why is Devin DuVernay? He's, wow. He's, he's another just, one. Yeah, he's all over. He And he's so late, like in the draft. I I swear he's going to be a day two player, like early day two. Agree. And then Yasir Durant. I actually really like Yasir Durant a lot. So I know you talked about him being kind of redundant with Ben Barch there because I think Yasir Durant is also somebody you can swap between guard and tackle. But, um, you know, as much depth as you need. True. This, That's this a good team point. needs the depth. So. That's a good point. And then we talked about Michael Warren earlier. So I like this draft a lot, actually. I'm going to give an A. There you go. You made your dreams come true. All right, the next one is from Brennan, who says, It's Pipkins and Storm Norton season, which I could see that. He goes, Love, Ayuk, Pride, Biedaz, Darrington Evans, who was on the show, and then Francis Bernard, who was on the show, and Isaiah Coulter in the seventh round. What do you guys think? So I'm sure Jason wants Isaiah Coulter on the show. Um, both of us really like Coulter. I think that's a really good fit. Um, Darrington Evans in the fifth round, if he's there, 100%. Pass that card in and do it quick because he is a perfect fit for what this Chargers team wants at running back. And, you know, Darrington Evans, I think he's going to be one of the better running backs to come out of this class. Honestly, I do uh, because he's so fast. He's so versatile as a running back. You know, we talked about Biedaz already several times. I think this is probably number 10, 11 that we've seen him here. Year franchise quarterback, you get some really good receivers here, really good running back. You know, if you're building a, a future of this team around Jordan Love, this is about as good as it gets, you know, because you have two really good receivers, a really good running back, another solid interior offensive lineman around him. And then you get some good death pieces in Troy Pride and Francis Bernard. So, yeah, uh, Brennan, good job. This draft is perfect. Honestly, this draft is perfect. And, you know, you're. you're Wow. If if they if they did this, if they if they had this draft and took Darrington Evans and Isaiah Coulter, and then those early picks, I'd be I'd be walking on the wind, dude. It'd be crazy. Um I would just be so happy that they that they had this draft. Darrington Evans is just really freaking good, guys. He's really good. And that's about all I have to say on it. Just I just I love it. Good job. A. Right on. Wow, you guys are really nice this time around. You guys must be <laughs> yeah. excited for the draft or something. I don't know. All right, the I next one, really which is fine. I mean, these are good drafts for sure. I think people are starting to narrow it down and have a little creativity too, so that's good. The next one is from Gustavo who says, who has, 
Okuda, Queen, then Peoples-Jones, Pert, and then Anthony Gordon, quarterback, Kenny Robinson, and John Hightower. He says, give me an elite defense to go with an quote-unquote elite safety. I think he's referring to a certain Rayshon Jenkins. (laughs) So Tyra doesn't need to overextend himself on offense. Then give him some playmakers slash protection to work with. Yeah, we we already talked about the Okuda-Patrick Queen pairing. That is so tempting, and if it's there, you know, absolutely do that. Donovan Peoples-Jones, both Jason and I really, really like Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, I had some people push back um, from our the three of us when we put out our mock drafts. Someone said to me, Peoples-Jones in the third was too early. Um, it's really not. He really was just a product of his terrible, terrible, terrible quarterback with Shea Patterson. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think he has all the upside in the world at the receiver position. He's super athletic he tested the best at the combine of almost any receiver in every category except for the 40-yard dash uh matthew pert fourth round tackle pert is probably the last of the tackles that i think has starter upside so i think that's good there anthony gordon uh doesn't fit what this team wants but you know if they're interested in drop back passers typical you know bigger quarterback he's okay i don't love it Kenny Robinson, I honestly don't know who that is. And then John Hightower for the seventh round. I really like that out of Boise State. I think he has a lot of upside. Daniel Jeremiah has him as a third-round player, so that will be really interesting. If you get him in the seventh round, that's probably a steal. So, Gustavo, I will give your draft a B. So I think you and I are really sold on Okuda and Queen at this point. Give me that. That's perfect. That's amazing. You talk and, about um, the team that you want to build to go into the future against Patrick Mahomes. Like, you get the best corner in the draft, arguably the best linebacker in the draft. Like, that is, oh man, that that has me excited already. Just thinking about it. Yeah the the possibilities with those two on the defense is just it's an infinity, right? And you do whatever you want. And um, Donovan People Jones, it's just you think for somebody who didn't produce, like you think he's a raw receiver. But it's the little things he does that makes you think he's not a raw receiver, that he's ready because uh, he has a lot of nuance to his game. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like he had no control over what over his quarterback situation. He, I think he did well despite it. So, you know, I, I feel like I feel like he deserves to be taken early because for him to still have the nuance to his game that he does despite have the quarterback situation – He's a good player, and you can tell he's going to be a good player. Uh, Matt Piert, Piert, Pert, Piert. I think it's Pert. Pert, Ma- Matthew Pert. Uh, sorry, Matthew Pert. I actually really like him. I really like his tape. I think he'll be a good tackle. I think he will at the next level. It's just, I think, I think he has a round two guy. Actually, I would, I would be okay with him in round two. Like he, he's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, sure. Anthony Gordon is not. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get that out of there right now. Uh, can we not do that? Uh, Kenny Robinson, he was actually an XFL player and is eligible for the draft. Wait, what? It's so interesting that, yeah. So he, I think he left college a year early and went to the XFL. And so he is eligible for the draft. Good for him. Um, I think, if, if I'm thinking of the right Kenny Robinson. Um, so that's just a fun story there. And I think he's pretty good. I think he's like 6'3", too. I think he's a pretty big player. Uh, and then John Hightower. John Hightower, to me, screams like Nelson Aguilar. Like... He needs he needs to work on catching the football, but prior to that, there's some stuff there. There's some stuff you could work with there. So, 
if he if he pans out and you get his confidence up early, you got a good player on your hands. But if he if he comes in and he struggles, he's probably going to be tough to work with. So is is going to need a little development there. Uh, you know, it's if you if your confidence is shaken as a player with sketchy hands right off the bat, it's a long way down. All right, it's just so get his confidence up the second he gets in here and he he'll be good. He's going to be a good returner regardless, though. I feel. Alrighty, we got two more, and the next one is from Devin, who says he's not sure if any of this happens, but it'd be very interesting draft for sure. He's got Tua, then Wilson, then Ayuk, AJ Green, Robert Hunt, Shaquille Quarterman, and Isaiah Coulter. What what part of that is he not sure happens? Like the Tua part? I think it's the Tua part, and then the Isaiah Wilson and Brandon Ayuk back to back. I was actually listening to Move the Sticks today with Lance Zerline was on there. He's heard that. Isaiah Wilson could go as high as the first round. So um, if you want Isaiah Wilson, 37 is the spot to take him. Um, he's I have him really graded very similar to Isaac, um, excuse me, Mikai Becton. You know, he's just really a large human being that moves people around. His pass technique is not great, um, but I would be okay with it. You know, he's a raw project. Ayuk in the third, uh, you know, I think that's the one that you think is is not happening. AJ Green in the fourth. That's interesting. The team has met with AJ Green. They obviously like him enough to meet with him. So I, I think if you, you could honestly flip flop AJ Green and Robert Hunt here, and I think that's probably where the two would go. Robert Hunt, I think, would be a really good fit, especially as someone that can do guard and tackle. You know, we talked about Quarterman several times and Isaiah Coulter. That pairing, I know, I know Jason really likes Isaiah Coulter, but pairing him and Ayuk together is, is kind of. Uh, redundant to me I think they're pretty similar as players so I think if you're going to double down on receivers I'd rather have someone you know like Benjamin Victor for example or Isaiah Hodgins someone that can do a little bit more of the intermediate routes than have Ayuk and Coulter who both just are vertical deep threats but um, I'll give this a draft of B plus so it looks like Tua Tagovailoa is still the one you know everybody loves him Mm -hmm. he's still the one for Chargers fans you got to wonder though like does he know that Chargers fans want him like, does he know? Is he aware that it's just like the Chargers fans want him that bad? I don't know. Maybe 30, 30 voices isn't enough for him. I mean, if he's, paying attention to, if he's paying attention to his mentions, he knows. Yeah, who knows? Um, I think Steven might have a heart attack if they take him, though, especially I, at six. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to buy into the talk that he's going to be there at six because I honestly I don't. Me personally, yeah. like looking at the quarterback lens of Tua versus Justin Herbert, like, there's no debate for me where you take Herbert over Tua. Like, regardless mm-hmm. of the coronavirus situation, regardless of his health concerns, there's no situation where I personally could justify passing on Tua for Justin Herbert. And so, you know... I would die inside. Yeah, so if the Dolphins pass on Tua for Herbert and the Chargers pass on Tua, I think I would die. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it for me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Isaiah Wilson. Nobody really compares. Nobody compares to Isaiah Wilson in this class. Like he declared late, it surprised everybody, and now he's yeah. a first round talent. Like what the heck? What just happened there? Um, but you know, it's just I want Isaiah Wilson on my football team. I really do. He's a good. He's a good lineman, and I think he'll develop really nicely. I think he just declared a year early. I think he did, and you're talking about him being an early first round pick if he stayed another year. So why can't he be a late first round pick this year? You know, um, so I don't know. Change my mind about Isaiah Wilson. I really like him, 
And then you've got AJ Green here, Brandon Ayuk. We already talked about Brandon Ayuk, so I'm going to move to AJ Green. Uh, they've done a lot of homework on AJ Green, right? And so it makes me just that much more confident that they are going to that man scheme because AJ Green fits that. And so that'd be a good fit. Robert Hunt here, it would just be, you know, that would be a really good depth option for because you'd need interior O-line depth. So I'm assuming that's what's going on here is Robert Hunt would be drafted for interior O-line since he took Wilson. Uh, then you got Shaquille Quarterman. We talked about him. Isaiah Coulter. I've talked about him so many times. Just silk smooth hands, really smooth route running, and came out of a small school, and he has a lot of speed to him. So I like Isaiah Coulter a lot. All righty. We have one last one. Here it is from Andres, who says Tua, Queen, Dantzler, Jefferson, Brian Adams, and Raquan Williams. Everyone likes Tua, so what do you think? I think, I think I'm getting like Stockholm syndrome or something. Like, why am I starting <laughs> to like Tua so much? <laughs> like everybody, Chargers fans are holding me hostage. They keep talking about Tua, and I'm starting to like Tua, and I don't like it. He's uh, your number two. I mean, I don't, yeah, it's not like you. I, I do like Tua him. a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you got Patrick Queen in the second. We talked about him. And, you know, at the end of the day, you get Patrick Queen. I'm happy. All yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, honestly, you could take him not at six, but, like, pretty close to there. And I, I'd still be content. You know, it's hard not to like Patrick Queen no matter where you draft him. Not unless you were, like, top five. Then you're talk- then you're getting a little crazy. Um, then you got one of my favorite players in the draft here, wide receiver Van Jefferson. I love Van Jefferson. I think he's going to work out. Uh, I think he's a first-round guy if he's two years younger. So Van Jefferson, a huge yes from me. Harrison Bryant, we talked about him. Trey Adams, he's a tough one because I would kind of be okay with it this late. He had a really bad combine, but so did Orlando Brown. All right. So I liked Orlando Brown's tape a lot better than Trey Adams, though. So it's tough there. I would be okay with it this late. And then we talked about Raquan Williams. Yeah, so Trey Adams, um, you know, he was very highly recruited. He's a large human being. I think he's like 6'9". Um, but I know he's had two back surgeries. So the health concerns for a 6'9 offensive tackle with back surgeries, um, that is really concerning to me. But in the sixth round, sure, why not take a chance on the potential? Maybe the surgeries aren't as concerning as you know I, I think they are. Um, but the rest of this draft is really good. Um, Van Jefferson, a lot of people think he won't fit with the Chargers, but I promise he would. Uh, he's such a smooth route runner. He is faster than people think he is. He's productive. He's got really good hands. He's a good athlete. He has good body control. So both Jason and I really like Van Jefferson. Jason obviously likes him a lot more because he's in his top 10. Um, but he would fit perfectly, honestly, in L.A. Harrison Bryant, that's a really versatile tight end group with Hunter Henry. Virgil Green, Donald Parham, and Hunter Bryant or Harrison Bryant, excuse me, and uh, Cameron Dancer in the third. I'm okay with it, uh, so I'll give this a B plus. So before before we move on here, before we move on and end this thing, real quick, I just want to mention that um, Pro Football Network just posted that back at the NFL Scouting Combine, sources had told Tony Pauline that teams are concerned about Jedrick Will's ability to mentally process a complex blocking scheme. Yeah, As a result, too. what? some teams now project Will's to guard. What? That just kind of blindsided me. That, I, I just wanted to share that. could not disagree more with a statement from someone that I respect as far as offensive linemen and their abilities go. I, I, Jedrick Will's, I think, 
He's not the smartest one, but I think Andrew Thomas is the most aware offensive tackle in this class. But Jedrick Wills is a really close second to me. And uh, I could not disagree more with that statement. I wonder what teams they are because, you know, you got – because it's not Tony Pauline saying that. I just want to clarify that. It's just the messenger saying that sources are saying so. I want to know, like, what sources they are, what teams they they cover. Um, Like, what teams are concerned about Jedrick Will's ability to mentally process a blocking scheme? I wonder if that's an attempt to get him to fall. Right. Right. Um, Because it's Alabama. It's not like they're a simple scheme. They they got some, they got some, you know, and he worked out really well. And Saban has a lot of, has given him uh, his, like, um, stamp stamp of of approval, basically. Uh, saying like he could play left tackle easy and he could play guard. He's saying Wills is a very versatile player. I would trust Nick Saban. I I just I think I think it's fine. I don't think it's a problem. I just wanted to share it before we ended this one. Just because yeah, it's for sure. just what I saw pop up. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think uh, this wouldn't really make any sense? But the only way I can I can think of it other than what you said, Stephen, is just trying to maybe lower his value or something is uh or throw throw another team off. Is it just because? they asked him questions about the left side and you think he just couldn't figure it out somehow or, or what? I mean, maybe I think, you know, people have been kind of burned by Alabama offensive tackles and, mm-hmm. you know, they look at DJ Fluker who has been really successful at guard. I think Jedrick Wills could play guard. I think you'd probably have to lose about 20 pounds, but he's a tackle to me. And I would put him, if I'm drafting him, I'm keeping him at the right side just because that's where he's played and that's where he's comfortable. Um, but if the Chargers took him at six, I would be comfortable putting him on the left side. You know, I'm not going to switch Brian Balaga to the left side in his 13th year of his career. But Jedrick Wills, I am confident and comfortable that he could play the left side. Um, but I at guard, like you give him a chance to play tackle. He would play tackle his whole life. That's what he did at Alabama. Give him that chance to prove that he could before you switch him to guard. I think that's just kind of uh, that's just kind of annoying to me. And we we talked about this with Chris Harrison how difficult it is to switch positions you know it took dj fluker six years to be comfortable in the nfl and then they switched in positions so it's just yeah that's just kind of i mean dj pauline like you know that's his job that's what his he is paid to do to report what he's hearing but if teams are feeling that i just I couldn't disagree more about a player i love jedrick wills he's my tackle number one and i believe in him i believe in his talent i believe in his awareness i believe in his mental capacity so I, I just couldn't disagree more with something. He found work. Like, he was very aware of what happened on the field around yeah. Like, I said, I did say Thomas had the edge, like, of awareness. I think Thomas is worlds away from any off- other offensive tackle, like any of the other three. I think Thomas is by far just the most aware. And generally, this, the, I think he has the highest football IQ. But Jedrick Wills, he finds work, and he's very aware of stunts that are happening around him. It's not like, it's not like he's stupid. I mean, <laughs> which is kind of i guess what scouts are worried about or what they're saying here it's like i don't know that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen like ever seen before a combine or before a draft like out of the blue like that um and just to expand on it albright says it seems to be a popular rumor that lots of teams love wills on the field but off field there were rumors of some learning issues um and he said couldn't speak uh couldn't speak to the veracity of that so just weird weird and i don't agree with it i think wills is going to be fine i do think he would make a great guard like really great guard because the mobility there is really good actually but i just don't agree with it but it's not a mental issue 
if he switches to guard, it's because he doesn't perform, not because he's not there mentally. Yeah, that's a kind of a crappy thing to say about a player. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, uh, I guess we'll see. And let's see, by the time you guys are listening to this episode, it'll be Friday. So in about six days, we'll figure out where teams view these guys. You know, will we get a, a random Titus Howard in the first round? Will we get a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson what, in the fifth or something like that last year? So who knows what we're going to get, but it's starting to come together. And all these mock drafts will be completely useless and wrong because Tom Telesco <laughs> doesn't care what we think and he'll, he'll do what he wants. So we'll see. I'm, I'm really, really excited. We only have one episode left, and it's just our mock draft episode trying to determine what the Chargers will do, not necessarily our picks. So that'll be really fun on Tuesday, and then, then it's the draft. Well, then we'll have jersey reveals, and then we'll have the draft. So a lot of exciting stuff coming. Hoping for no disappointment, but we'll see. Guys, before we log off... Where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me, Stephen I. Haglin, and GSA Podcast 17. Make sure and leave us some positive reviews, please. Find me at Centauri13 on Twitter and at GSA Podcast 17 on Instagram. Hashtag, hashtag love at six. <laughs> I was going to switch it up, but I decided not to. Good job. Ooh, what was the switch up going to be? Nothing. Stick no, to your guns. Talk about it. Stick to your guns. Yeah. You weren't about to say Tua, though, were you? No, no, okay. I'm not, I'm not that broken. He's going to say Okuda. <laughs> I'd no. be down for that. Cool. All right. Well, this is Tyler. You can find me at Tyler J. Shoon. Guys, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.